Boimler inadvertently reveals to the crew that Mariner is Freeman's daughter. The Cerritos picks up new crew members, including an exocomp named Peanut Hamper. They, they, I forgot about that. They for Jesus Christ. Gonna have to start over. Yeah, you can't hold it together. You did that to yourself I by know. reading the no, word. No, no, no. You should find Peanut Hamper. Hamper. Did it. Peanut Hamper did this to me. You should try to find a clip of the voice. Peanut the voice Hamper. Actor. All right. Welcome back to Unqualified Authorities. One, our credentials are legitimate. And two, no, you may not see them. Today we're talking about Star Trek Lower Decks, Episode 10, as well as our overview of the entire series. Alright, ready? Yep. Mm -mm. Hey everybody, this is Austin. I'm John. You're, you're not John, you're Chris. I'm John. Oh, I forgot my name tag at home. I'm still Joe. Alright, let's uh, start with a recap, shall we? Episode 10, titled No Small Parts. Boimler inadvertently reveals to the crew that Mariner is Freeman's daughter. The Cerritos picks up new crew members, including an exocomp named Peanut Hamper. They receive a distress call from the USS Solvang and find it destroyed by the Packlet, who have become a threat while being ignored by Starfleet. They begin tearing apart the Cerritos. Rutherford plans to disable the Packlet using a computer virus developed by Badgie. Peanut Hamper refuses to deliver the virus, forcing Lieutenant Shax and Rutherford to fly a shuttle to the Packlet ship. There, Badgie uploads the virus, but also engages the ship's self-destruct to kill Rutherford. Shax takes Rutherford's cybernetic implant and sacrifices himself to help Rutherford escape. The latter loses his long-term memory. When more Packlid ships arrive, the Cerritos is saved by the USS Titan, captained by William Riker. A funeral is held for Shax. Freeman makes peace with Mariner and proposes they work together to bend, Starf to bend Starfleet regulations. Boimler accepts a promotion to the USS Titan. Promotious? <laughs> That's not a word. The cold open, utilizing an actual image of the old animated series, was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, that was great. Uh, the the good old TOS series, those old scientists, just in universe, it's called the TOS era. That's that alone sold well, this just, episode. That's just ransoms. Doesn't matter. Uh, I like the callback to the exocomps, uh, especially being a. Second generation kid. Uh, that was a good episode back then, and it's nice to see it continue to be referenced now. Yeah. I have no reference for that. It was an yeah. interesting return. Um, Peanut Hamper. <laughs> best chosen name. It chose the name for itself off of whatever algorithms it used to determine the, the best name it could possibly come up with. Right. Peanut Hamper. I like the pause before. I come up with this this name because blah 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 algorithms pause peanut hamper pause everybody's happy for it because it's great it was all right yeah well, no, that, that little robot was a show. dick yeah peanut hamper's terrible fuck that robot extremely no, don't do clumsy that. knocking over well, the test tubes full of something doesn't have any hands just little booties doesn't also hover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why does it need feet? 
to land. So it can can't hover all things. the time. The original task was actually going to mining shafts that were only a meter wide. Uh huh. Sounds so they right. had to roll down that way, and if they hit anything else, they could, you know, hover their way past it. Mm. Which is also why the front end had all those tool tips. So it's peanut hamper, like a sentient creature, like yes. yes, like data. That was actually the point of the episode was just exploring what qualified as intelligent, and the AIs that ran those machines had actually become self-aware. Oh, wow. Okay. So they could enlist in Starfleet. I guess as if as they progressed further and further, at the end of the episode, we saw that they could procreate by um, constructing new ones right. uh, using replicator technology. Yep. So that was kind of where they left it off as they just went off. And they they just weren't seen again in the main series? Nope. nope. Not seen again. The, then just, this is the first time it's been referenced since The Next Generation. Again, it was a good episode because it brought up so many questions what we consider to be sentience, um, what should have rights and what can be abused, and then for them never do anything else with it. It was a classic data type episode. Was it before or after Measure of a Man? After Measure of a Man. I want to say it was season three or four. Because I I watched, that was one of the ones you recommended me to watch, and I watched it, so uh, good episode. Um, I watched um, Legal Eagle dissect that episode, dissect the (laughs) trial, and he's like, that good episode. For dramatics, but that doesn't make sense. You, you can't say objection to that and have nothing to say. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um. Cool. I uh. Yeah. I wasn't sure where uh those those little robots came from because I'd never seen them before. So. Same. Good to know. Um. You know that's kind of cool that they are another sentient artificial intelligence. Uh, this episode showed that even in the far advanced future, humans still sucked because we had the. Conspiracy theorists that thought that uh, Wolf, whatever the... 359. 359 was an inside job. God, I'm a fucking nerd. (laughs) (laughs) We all I believe that is the essentials of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm in the wrong room. (laughs) This isn't the hunting podcast, is it? No. Shit. What else is there to really say about it? The animation quality during the actual action sequences, oh, gorgeous, picked up so oh, yeah. greatly. Just, I, I did like uh, Ransom's whole spiel after finding out uh, that Mariner is the captain's daughter, and just the the whole like trying to deflect off the fact that he said that he had a hard on for her, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but not in a sexual way. It, I didn't quote it because it's a ridiculously long bit, but mm. it was good. It was good to listen to. Was this the episode where uh, Boimler and uh, Mariner were starting to have the uh, the uh, competition for the Titan position? Or was that a few episodes back? Yeah, I think... That was a few episodes yeah. back. That was when they were punishing her by giving her all the oh. other duties. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, What's-His-Face yeah, got the promotion. Yeah. And then they fired him. Yep. Fletcher. 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 Yeah. I assume Boimler, that's the position he got. Probably. Anyone's a better fit than uh, Fletcher, though. Yeah, fuck Fletcher, <laughs> piece of shit. Hey, what? Everybody loves Fletcher. I hate him. Everyone loved him. Loved until everyone loved Fletcher until he decided to download his brain into the computer. Right, because he thought because that was that's smart. Never a bad idea. Anyways, back to this episode. Yeah, yeah, last episode. Uh, bet you were having a field day with this episode because it's very Shax heavy. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's let's look at the Shaxometer. 
uh, th this was through the roof. It was greatest action sequence ever, and then the most heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, Just make mean, yourself sad. We, yeah. We did I, see the return of Badgie, the best uh, holographic character in the mm -hmm. series. Badgie the Revengeance. Yep. Mm -hmm. Part two, Electric Boogaloo. I like Shax literally pushing a shuttlecraft out of another. <laughs> yeah. He's just throwing him in and pushing it out. Punching yeah, in yeah. shit. He just uh, really goes to town in that episode. He definitely killed a lot of dudes. He finally yeah. got to blow up a ship. Mm -hmm. Running through the ship to defend it and just pulling the contraband out of literally everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> How much contraband is on my ship? <laughs> I don't know. A lot? Yeah. <laughs> Just the, the Tribble for personal use? Yeah. What, what the fuck is the personal use for a Tribble? Uh, I don't have to ask Klingons, and I when don't you, think it's uh, a delightful conversation. I highly doubt it. They will not discuss Tribbles. <laughs> uh, according to the TOS, if I remember correctly, the, the purring that it makes causes a, uh, a reaction in the human physiology, relaxes you, and uh, I, I guess... Huh. I don't like off. it. I don't like it. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. It's just one of them uh, fur balls that's been stuffed with like cotton I feel, or something. I feel like it's one of those things where they they gave it a, de a definition and didn't really need it. It's like a cat without legs yes. or a mouth. It's that it's like a cat if it was only a ball. Well, I know I know what fuzz. it is. That's not what I was referring to. I was like, there there are things that happen in shows and books that don't need to ever be explained. Um, like J.K. Rowling talks about how. Wizards will shit themselves. We, we don't. Then, we don't need this. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, well, it's one of those things. It was the 1960s when people actually had expectations for understanding how things worked. Yeah. In shows. I don't know. That's part of Within the magic reason. of it is not really understanding everything. Like you have to be able to suspend your disbelief enough. I liked Frank's coming back and uh, Surtis. It was nice having them back in their actual roles. Frank. Frakes. 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 I swear a, I heard AKA, you saying Frakes. Uh, Jonathan Frakes. Riker, Riker, the return of Riker. Well, like, I know Detroit. who Jonathan Frakes is. I thought he said Franks. And I... I heard Franks also. Sorry. Yeah. I like, might have missed it. I'm sorry. The Franks? Who yeah, are the I was, Franks? I was confused. The family? The, the returns of the, the Troy family of <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Troy <laughs> uh, in, uh, in uh, Beta Z culture, the man takes a woman's last name. So that's okay. Uh, I like the return of the next generation music when the Titan shows up. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, it was nice to actually yeah. see the Titan because you, I don't remember ever seeing the Titan before, besides in uh, fan artwork. Seeing it in action was also nice. Yeah. Seeing the Riker maneuver. Yep. <laughs> Isn't that when he swoops in and takes your woman? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's when he sits on all the consoles and his butt presses buttons. Sits on a chair backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, plays jazz music. Uh huh. Grows a beard unexpectedly. Yep. Been, all these things. Been there. Can maneuver. Mm -hmm. He definitely looks wrong without the beard, though. Sure. Yes. Sure. Mm. Watching that first season of Next Generation is always very weird. Here. <laughs> Especially going back to it, or the the one uh, the one movie where for whatever reason he decided to shave. Mm -hmm. He was going to be a big movie star. He needed to look crisp and clean. He had already been in a movie. It was right. like the second movie he was in, or the third. So the one where they time travel and get the whale? No. Okay. No. Uh, I did like, so even though it was a somber moment for the, the funeral for uh, Shaxx, they still threw a little bit of humor in there. His uh, 
his honorary portrait was him with that real steely eyed I'm gonna murder you face with one eye just bulging mm-hmm. <laughs> classic Shaxx oh yeah no I bet I bet he doesn't have any other picture that's better than that one that's the perfect picture to capture our what Shaxx is capture our, the best character in the series our best boy yeah I don't I mean he's not my favorite but we'll get to that in a little bit mm-hmm. but yeah I mean it was uh, it was a fun episode oh yeah yeah I, I felt like it was a, a real great season finale it tied things up for a lot of the stuff that's been building throughout the series right and introduced stuff for you know starting off the next season right very much so I, I thought I, it kind of had like a special spot because like it was right before that we were playing the Star Trek tabletop game and you had the pack lids in there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we I, I watched that episode and then boom, there they were. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, you didn't plan that, obviously, but I just powered through the Maybe whole series. he did. <laughs> he didn't. Uh, <clears throat> it was interesting to see the pack lid come back because... Again, like the exocomps, they were only referenced once in TNG. I think it was the episode where Jordy got kidnapped. Oh, no. And I also enjoyed the fact that they kept getting every ship confused for the Enterprise. <laughs> two Enterprise? Enterprise. <laughs> there are uh, two Enterprises. We also <laughs> see the return of the crew from the incompetent ship. Uh, for a moment. For a moment. And they're all being uh, protective of their new starship. Mm. Peeling, not peeling the uh, protective plastic off. <laughs> not wearing their shoes in the bridge to mess up the carpet. Yeah, th- those are the ones from that uh, that living ship situation, right? Yep, yep. Or was it? Or were they the ones with the jellyfish? Because there was a couple of ships that got blown up. Uh, it was probably the same ship. Well, the, the jellyfish got blown up the last one, and I think it was this. I think it was that one. So there, theirs is the. It's their sister ship. What's the one that? Well, no, she wasn't on there. Um, because the, the captain for the, the, the living ship was not a, a human. I know, I remember that. I don't remember. Yeah. Moving on. All in all, great mm. finale. I, I loved it. Yeah, I, didn't, I liked that it was, you know, not too, not too ridiculous. I mean, the whole show is ridiculous. But, like, it wasn't, like, a super over-the-top, like, leave-you-on-a-cliffhanger kind of finale mm-hmm. that pretty much every show does anymore. Yeah. Um, Leave you wait, wanting the next season. Yeah, I still want the next season. Yeah, but it's it's not specifically making you try and tie up your story beats right. in the next season. Or, like or they didn't force does. the finale into a two-parter like a lot of shows do. Uh, I don't think there was any of that in here, was there? Nope. nope. Is, that a, is that a Star Trek thing that they do, making two-parters? Uh, it is. Okay. Yeah, usually it's their big episodes. Um, if I remember correctly, there's like a mid-season one, and then there's usually. like a... A cliff a hanger ending. Yeah, right. That, that's usually a side Classic. Well, that's just TV shows anymore. TOS had the Menagerie, I think, was their two part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there were a couple. I only know that because TOS. South Park. Talk about the Menagerie. I know TNG had a lot that started becoming uh, kind of mainstay in the TNG era. The best well, of both After worlds. Big Rod left. Yeah. Big Rod. I don't know what you that know, Big Gene Rod, Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry, the, uh, oh, yeah. the creator. Once he. Got pushed out of the I d- show. I didn't he know. started taking a little bit more creative freedom. I didn't know he was re- referred to as Big Rod. Um, I think that's what Chris calls him. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, sort of. Well, if you're listening to this and you've ever heard, referred to him as Big Rod, let us know. Tweet at us. We'll give you our Twitter handle eventually. Or yeah, email Twitter. us. Yeah, or email, email us at unqualifiedauthorities at gmail.com. Sound forced. You're forced. 
Whoa. The Force isn't in Star Trek. That's Star Wars. Exactly. Oh, that is right. a different thing. game. Yeah. Different game, movie, series, book. So, yeah. It, Saga. <laughs> it was a really good wrap-up to the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I am excited for the second season when it comes out, I think, this year. I Who knows? knows? Uh, yeah, do we want to shift focal? They haven't announced the, the next season just yet. They know it's coming, but they haven't announced when it's going to be put out yet. All right, so let's let's shift focus to our overall thoughts of the whole series. Um, maybe who our favorite character was, favorite moment, that sort of thing, and then uh, talk about what we're looking forward to when the second season comes out. So, uh, Chris, do you want to start? Who was your favorite character? Favorite moment? And then we'll go from there. Favorite character? Uh, we'll say favorite character overall probably Shax. Favorite out of the the main crew, uh, the main four that we focus on. I'd say probably Rutherford. Okay. Uh, what was the other question? <laughs> what was your favorite moment? Oh, favorite moment? Yeah. Um, I don't think I have a favorite moment. I think they're all pretty even, ex- with the exception of that entire episode that wasn't needed. Right. Uh, We're not going to talk about that one anymore. Yep. <laughs> I think we beat that dead horse a little bit too much. All right. John, favorite character? Um... Favorite over like well, I enjoyed absolutely everybody uh, throughout the series just because they were all interesting characters that had their own kind of like little things going on. Uh, favorite has got to be Tendi. Just the amount of just random stuff that she has going on just made her just a joy to watch. And her bubbly attitude that yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, favorite moment uh, would probably have to be the R- Rutherford Smorgasbord. From episode two, where he just absolutely took down the training simulation. Yeah. Phenomenal. Joe? Uh, obviously, Shaxx. Shaxx, I'm not going to qualify it. I'm not going to say out of the... Uh, no, Shax is my favorite character in this, hands down. Uh, the favorite moment, though, would have to be the Gorm wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that just gets me every time. Oh, God, Gorm uh, wedding again. <laughs> Still the Gorm wedding. Austin? Uh, favorite character, Tendi. Um, nice. She's freaking adorable. I, I don't know. That's the that's the best way I can say that. Um, like, not in a weird way, but, like, just, like, the... Enjoyment. Yeah, bubbly, like you were saying. Um, just super happy to be around. Kind of a badass when she needs to be. My favorite moment is when she is the cleaner, I'm air quoting, um, and she just kicks major ass on that secret mission. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that or the, um... Uh, the movie episode when they're in the the hollow deck and she's the Orion pirate right and she's like this is fucking stupid and then just leaves because uh, she was getting typecast as an Orion pirate right no I love it love her great character yeah I didn't uh, think I was gonna like her at first I was like oh this is an annoying character no nope, she's great and the dog Ugh. the dog the dog totally normal dog uh, so I know Joe and I ranked. Uh, all the episodes in order of most favorite to least favorite. I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, I would have done that, but I didn't think about it. I don't think you told us that you did that until we were like three episodes into this podcast. So Yeah, that was like day one of recording. <laughs> <laughs> so Okay, I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, the, the holodeck episode where it's like a movie, mm. that's my number one. Episode nine. Yeah, episode nine. That's my favorite. Everything else is is number two. What would you say is your bottom? Uh, the, the one that we bottom? do not talk about. No, I, w- I want to know. Which one is it? I'm saying that because I forgot the name of the episode. I'm guessing it's episode five. 
Uh, whichever Cupid's one it was. Arrow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, we we've all got that as our bottom. Yeah. Okay. Yep. No surprise. Yeah. We we um, did not spend a lot of time talking about it, so that makes sense. Chris, what's your number one and least favorite? We already know his least favorite. We already oh, know okay. my least favorite. What's your number one then? Uh, number one, I'm gonna have to go with the. Uh, Go with the holodeck episode. Nice. I, I agree with you. We, but I just like the sheer um, uh, overall everything about it. I guess it's a uh, culmination of a lot of Star Trek experiences that I've had. Hmm. You know, watching the show, not actually being in person. I've never been on a Star Trek episode. But if anyone wants me, no. you can reach out to us at unauthorized. Unauthorized. Un- unauthorized quantum authorities un- dot uh, unqualified beer. authorities thank you and me and Chris will both be on any Star Trek program even if we're just in the background of some shot way off in the distance but, for a split second if it's Kelvin Universe I'm in or animated I'm a voiceover artist I'd rather not alright John your uh, favorite my favorite episode is episode 2 Odd Boys just due to all the stuff that uh um, our two characters just really had to go through and just the whole little bit at the end with Boimler and the Ferengi <laughs> it sold the series for oh yeah me. absolutely uh, but I gotta say the finale was definitely a close second yeah everyone already knows mine as I said when we were reviewing the episode Moist Vesso, Vessel um, episode 4 was my favorite Moist. it just it struck out as breaking away from just being a satirical series into being an actual star trek series for me um and there were other episodes where it you know got more meta or it leaned heavier towards the actual star trek like um episode 10 but this one just sold it completely to me yeah okay and your least favorite did five okay there we go it's just a bad episode it was not, not a great episode like here's the thing like i didn't realize how bad it was until we recorded that episode of the podcast and i'm like oh no that wasn't great it's if you cut it out from the series, everything still makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the worst filler episode in any show I've watched. I think. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, it's on par with the worst filler episodes I've ever seen. So. Okay. Um, let's talk about the future. I guess second season. It's already been greenlit. Don't know when it's going to happen. Um. For a record, we are recording in 2021, so um, the the series came out last year. I think it aired and completed last year um, in 2020, but mm-hmm. uh, looking to the future, I think I'm looking forward to f- finding out how Boimler gets back on the Cerritos, because obviously he's probably not going to stay on uh, the Titan, right? Unless they all end up on the Titan, which having... That'd you be know, weird. Riker more would be hilarious. Yeah. Well, we do know that uh, Riker eventually gets promoted to admiralship, mm-hmm. which means that he would no longer necessarily be in charge of his ship. It would still probably be his ship, but there'd be a captain assigned to it in his place. Right. While he's doing whatever admirals tend to do. You Give know? it to Mariner. That'd be cool. No. <laughs> oh, I'd have so much fun. Mariner wouldn't want the the captainship what i could see happening is either boimler doing something that he thinks is right and getting sent back to the cerritos right or 
when when he's up for his next promotion, he gets sent back as a commander or a lieutenant commander sure. to the Cerritos, and then has to rectify the situation with Mariner. Being um, actual bridge crew? Yes. And then a possible return of Shaxx. We didn't see his death on screen, so you, you never know. He can come back as a cyborg. He's got that implant. The implant exploded. Yep. As I was. What do you What do you think, Joe? What are you looking forward to? What are you guessing? I, uh, with the exception of Spock, Star Trek doesn't have a huge revolving door for death. So even though he is my favorite character, I'm not expecting him to come back. Do you want him to come back? I would love it, but I also feel that this was a perfect way for his character to go out. Doing Screaming. <laughs> yeah. Blowing up a ship. Screaming, punching people. I think he had, what, two people in a headlock and was kicking another one as the ship exploded. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So. That's all he ever wanted. I could see them replacing him with maybe Michael Dorn. For oh, having Worf a little back bit. would be. Uh, it'd be a little bit overkill. Mm-hmm. But it would be nice to see a return, a return, even if it's only for like an episode or two. They might get Will Wheaton in. Oh God, please no! I like Will Wheaton. Um, we won't I don't like his Will character, Wheaton. but his character could be more mature. I hope he passed away early on, shortly after the end of uh, TNG. Wow. Ouch. John, what do you think? Or he of the stayed f- civilian sector. What do you think of the future? Um, I'm really looking forward to potentially having two separate storylines going on. Not necessarily bringing Boimler back right away, but look at having him on the Titan for the entire series. The entire season two, I should say. Sure. Just because I feel like that might make it a little more interesting. Maybe he'll realize being on the Titan, he wants to be back at Cerritos and chooses to transfer back. As compared to, you know, doing something that gets himself forced back, or getting promoted and going back. He chooses to go back because that I feel like that would make a better story arc than he's getting forced to go back to the Cerritos, where he's deciding he wants to go back because he realized the life on the Titan is not the life for him. Sure, I could see him pulling like a Mariner. He spent enough time around. We know that they're very similar, even though they're quite opposite in other ways. I don't know. I feel like that might cheapen the whole relationship as if he just becomes another mariner right well no he'd still be different but i see a lot of the tendencies um, i don't know beginning to form like they're beginning to form but i don't think he's ever going to be able to get to that same point that she is oh, within one know, season but... um oh were you gonna say something about this because i was gonna change subject oh yeah um i was gonna say that i could see the first one or two episodes being about him being on the Titan and yeah, then deciding yeah. to come back. Mm-hmm. But I think the entire season, uh, even a 10-episode run, might be a little heavy-handed. <clears throat> see, I would like to see it because it would make sense. Like you, Because now you can do stories about the Titan with you know special guest Riker and all of this stuff about Boimler and all of this for you know an episode and then go over and see what the Cerritos is doing for an episode. So you're not just confined to one ship. You can now have guests appearing on other ships and doing things, and you can potentially have crossover episodes. And at the very end, you bring everything together as a part of the big finale. What I want to, what I would prefer from season two is one uh, more connected story between the episodes. But I don't think that's really how Star Trek works. They're very episodic, like their own self-contained episode within itself, bits and pieces. Sometimes, um, and it really depends on the series. Uh, TOS, very much so. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm um, most familiar with. Next Generation starts to move into some longer 
episode or uh, story well, arcs story towards the fourth after, and fifth uh, season after uh, Rod leaves. <laughs> yeah, after Measure of a Man or not Measure of a Man, uh, Best of Both Worlds. Yep. Most of DS Nine had the Prophets arc okay. throughout it. Yeah, it was a continuous overarching thing with um, Cisco trying to reconcile Starfleet and his role as the uh, the prophet yeah. or the whatever the speaker. No idea what you're talking about. Was. And Voyager's entire concept is a continuing story arc. Right. Yeah. So that's what I would prefer. Like a lot of a lot of shows start out first season very episodic, um, even more modern like just regular live action shows, and then you have the the farther into the series it goes, the more um, overarching story takes place. Like it goes from episode to episode. And the second thing, um, this is just coming from a person who really doesn't, isn't super invested in the whole of Star Trek. I really don't care about the cameos and the callbacks and stuff. I feel like the Cerritos and its crew need to find its own place more in the universe and not rely on referencing like Riker or, um, doing all these callbacks. And I'm sure it's fun for a lot of fans, but for me as a person who didn't really know that much about the rest of Star Trek, even though I love this show, I was like, I don't, I don't get that. So I don't know. That's just my two, my, my two things, final thoughts on it. I think so. I do have to say if, if the time frame was different, it would have been a great place for, um, data to pop back up because, Right now, you can't do that with any of the series because, obviously, the actor's aged. You can't do an android who never ages when your actor's aged. Yeah. But you can certainly draw it like he was back in 1989. Good year. Yeah, I think... Um, I was born in 89. I think, <laughs> timeline-wise, this is post-Nemesis. I believe so. So, the only thing that they could really do is uh, before... Um, which would be interesting. I would like to know what happened to before. I don't know if they address that in Picard. Uh, they but... do. Okay. Well, but Picard takes place quite a, a bit ways in the future. away. It actually takes place after um, the Romulus event that leads into the Kelvin timeline. Gotcha. Oh. And that's how the Kelvin timeline kind of ties into Star Trek canon. It becomes its own separate universe, like mm-hmm. the Mirror Universe. Gotcha. So they... If they really wanted to, they could jump into the Kelvin universe in um, the lower decks and have. That would be cool. Um, I would not like to see that. <laughs> no, I don't but, think uh, anybody but me would. I don't know how they do it because that whole Abrams verse is different. Yeah. In a way that's um, not Star Trek in my um, in my personal definition of Star Trek. All right, that's fine. That's what people online say about the Lower Decks. The Lower Decks is not Star Trek because it's not Star Trek. That's, uh, uh, there's a whole group of people that uh, don't like any of the other Star Treks because it's not the original series. People hate Discovery. And um, I, well, I, I, remember, I remember when Discovery and Orville were coming out at pretty much at the same time, somebody said, like, if you change the, the, the paint of the Orville, it's Star Trek. You would have to change so much more in Discovery to make it Star Trek. My my only problem, and I think I've said this a couple of times, is Discovery made their tech look too futuristic, even though it's set before TOS. Isn't the ship from like the far future though? No, no, it's no. from it's, um, before the Enterprise gotcha. A was actually it takes them. place between um, the series Enterprise and the TOS. Okay, 
In fact, towards uh, the um, actually, it is season two of Discovery starts bringing in the Enterprise, brings in Captain Pike before he's in uh, the the, the BP chair, the BP chair, uh, <laughs> the chair, the the life support chair, um, and so I believe this is that's the the offshoot where they're going to be putting in the series Strange New Worlds which is going to probably be focused more on Pike. We already know how that story ends. <laughs> ends. Um, we, in fact, it's referenced in uh, Discovery, how it ends. So even if you didn't watch the TOS, mm-hmm. you see what happens to Pike. I could see them going into and kind of replacing TOS with this new generation of technology because it's kind of hard to have a uh, sci-fi show and have your sci-fi technology be relevant especially when you made your show in 1960 mm-hmm. or 66 i believe it was back then doors opening automatically was a miracle of science right. <clears throat> now we and have it on every now story. It happens everywhere that's why i kind of like how star wars always just kind of keeps the old jank <laughs> the janky um 80s tech the tech from yeah way well, back then we were talking about this the other day me and chris um star wars leaned enough over onto making technology almost mystical, that it's going to stay futuristic looking for right. a long time. Mm-hmm. Whereas Star Trek tried to be more grounded in reality, so their projections of where we were going to be in two to four hundred years really kind of falls apart in a little bit. Years. Right? Yeah. yeah, it happened in you know the early twenty aughts. I mean, we still don't have spaceships. Right, but, but we, have, we, we have tablets, we have touch we have, screens. We have communicators, we have apps that'll translate for us. Right. I mean, it's not as good as what they do on Star Trek, but it's still getting there a lot faster than they thought. I mean, it's significantly improved when you look at 1960s, the original Star Trek television series. We didn't yes. even get to the moon until the end of the 60s. Yeah. It was just a twinkling in someone's eye. 1969. 1969, we went to the moon, in case the viewers didn't know that. Viewers, listeners, even who are you? I did too. We <laughs> went to the moon in 1969. Yeah, it's from was, Even was, Stevens. Uh, they, they did a musical episode. It was I, weird. I never watched Even Stevens. Huh. Disney Channel. Interesting. Didn't have cable. Shia LaBeouf's first role. I was forced to watch Lewis. Lewis, Lewis Stevens. One of it. It, it's his breakout role. Yeah. Teenage Shia LaBeouf. Hmm. Remember right. we had? Remember when? No, we'll talk about that later. I think that was Save before he became an actual cannibal. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf? I think it was different guy. before. Different guy. Different timeline. All right. Well, I think, I think I'm think i good. I think we should wrap that up. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to give everybody uh, a shout out. Thanks for listening this far. Um, we are going to obviously change subjects, have some Music bonus for episodes here and there. And performed and composed by our series. friend Crazy Zombie Pig um, Boy. Find them at twitch.tv. put out some polls, see what you guys want to listen to. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is Austin signing off. This is Chris signing out. That was the fastest you've ever replied to that. This is John. And this is Joe saying, live long and prosper. Okay. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> no, no, you can't do the sarcastic yes, Vulcan hands. John whispered, sweet nothing. Somebody take his hands away from him. This is mine. All right, Joe. Where's your sword? <laughs>